Welcome to Hot Mom Habits, the ultimate podcast for moms who want to prioritize their health and wellness while doing all the things. I'm your host, Natalie Schwartz, certified health coach, postpartum fitness instructor, and mom of three. I'm here to help you establish healthy habits and maintain a balanced lifestyle, so let's get into it. Hello, I'm so excited to have Carrie as my guest today on the podcast. Carrie, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I am so honored that you're here because I just love you and I admire you and I feel like this is going to be such a great episode and serve so many moms who are in this headspace. But I want you to introduce yourself to the audience for those that don't know you. Okay. Uh, my name is Carrie Keating. I am a single mama of three young boys. Well, and when I say single, it comes with a caveat because I do <laughs> sort of have a boyfriend. So it's like I'm more of a solo mom. I don't know. I, I, I oftentimes I'm like, what do I say in that moment? You know? Yeah. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I have three young boys. I work full time as a marketing director and, you know, also have a podcast and I'm writing a book about, um, really creating a life you want without hustling like a psycho. And yeah, I'm a multi-dimensional, multi-passionate businesswoman. Yes. No, you for sure are. And we met, gosh, I was like trying to do the math and I literally think it's been like five years or something crazy. Wow. Like, doesn't that seem weird? I, I'm trying to think if I was pregnant or if I had Tommy but it was a, it was years years ago. But we met at like a mom marketing or not a mom marketing event, a mom networking event, and you were the guest speaker, and you were doing this meditation at the end, and it was like you know sent we were all closing our eyes, and it was like sending love out to different parts of you, different parts of your life, and you said you know like imagine this like gold thread or like this gold string, and like sent you know like envision that girl that you were, that woman that you were before you had kids and send her love. And for me, that just stuck with me in that moment, because I feel like when you have young kids or, you know, kids of all ages, you sort of get lost in this identity of like, I'm mom. And like, I, 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 at least for me speaking, like I desperately think about that girl that I once was, you know, and I was like, I, how do you hold space for for her and for being a mom. And then we were DMing back and forth on Instagram and you said something that totally (laughs) blew my mind. And I had never had thought like, what the hell, like have the capacity to even open space for that. So share what that was. And like, I'll let you take it from there, like on your thoughts with that, because it was like revolutionary for me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like so much of what you just said, there's, there's all these little like offshoots. I love podcasting so much because you kind of come with a core center idea of what you want to focus on. And then the conversation can just go in so many beautiful directions. And, you know, one thing before I get into what I had said, one thing I wanted to just draw attention to is this idea of the golden cord of like, of, of sending love to the people, the versions of you, the people that you are attached to your children, your loved ones, all of that stuff. And also equally cutting that cord and calling back some of your energy to the people who suck your energy. That is a practice I do very consistently at least once a week, but especially when I'm in moments of 
just feeling disconnected from myself, I will cut cords. I, I just kind of take inventory and take stock of who in my life is maybe draining me in any sense of the word, um, or who I'm giving too much energy to. And I just call that energy back and I cut that cord and I create space to, for a new cord and all of that. So no, that's good. That's good. That's good. I see. I feel like you need to give me the permission for all of these things because I don't, I don't view it in that way. So I love it. Right. Well, and I think that's also interesting too. It's like, sometimes it's like you hear things a certain way and then you need to go through life experience and you hear the same sentence, you know, a year later, five years later, and you're like, well, it hits different because I just, I, I'm in a different space. I'm embodying new things. So which is a perfect segue into, you know, our conversation in DMs, you asked me, you know, you were sharing this, I'd really love to talk about like, how do we maintain our identity as the the women that we were prior to having children? And how do we hold on to those versions of ourselves that we want to hold on to? Yeah. And immediately I'm like, why are we holding on to her? Yeah. (laughs) Like, let her go. She, you will never be her again because you will never not be a mom. Yes. And, And, and I think in the moment it kind of like hit me to my core because it was like this immediate feeling of like sort of grief, like mourning that I was holding on to her, you know, because it's not that I want to be her again or be child free, but it's like, you want to like feel that sort of energy or that sort of vibration of like what you were prior to like being so deep into the motherhood and that being your main identity, the thing you're doing day in and day out. Um, so it was like, okay, like I need to let her go to open space. Yes. And I love that you touched on the grief because as someone who, you know, I am a very intellectual person. I love problem solving. I am a strategist. Mm -hmm. I look at big data sets and I make meaning out of them. Like I'm just very mindy. And after navigating a very traumatic three years and a somewhat traumatic divorce and all of it, I realized that for while being in this space of personal development and, you know, like having a lot of these conversations, I was reading a lot of books and listening to a lot of podcasts and very much intellectualizing or attempting to intellectualize my healing, Mm -hmm. like oh, I understand on paper what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to sit and I'm supposed to cry and, you know, whatever it is. And I realized I I started doing breath work and I realized that there was like a very much like somatic, so like body experience and body element and physical element, element to processing my emotions and my grief and everything else. And I was led by a series of multiple people to a book called The Wild Edge of Sorrow, which is okay. um, a book by Francis Weller. And in this book, he talks about how we need to process our grief and process our feelings uh, by um, really creating space and sacred ritual for them and like mm-hmm. giving them space and honoring and like just feel like really feeling them, like not trying to 
intellectualize our way through it, but like really feeling, really feeling it. And he talks about multiple, I think there was like seven different types of grief that we all experience, like the typical kind of grief of losing a loved one, um, maybe a relationship ending, but also letting go of different versions of us and, and really like creating this space to grieve that because, you know, we, we grieve. So we feel these sad and, and, and it took me a while to realize this because I really tried to stay away from these low vibrational emotions, the sadness, yeah. the grief. You're like, ah, how vibes only. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Positive thinking all around. Positive thinking. And I'm like, no, give me the kaleidoscope of vibes. I need yeah. all of the vibes because it's all of the vibes that are going to, that is what like actually makes us feel alive. And what actually happens is if we don't process our feelings, which I was not, which is why my divorce, my three-year disconnect and fracture was so traumatic was because I was not processing. I was high-vibing my way through it. I'm like, it's okay that he's having affairs. Everything's working for me. I'm so grateful. (laughs) No? It's like, this is the pain is the portal. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm like having all, I'm all these one-liners my way through it, but I wasn't actually feeling it. So, yeah. you know, I, I say all of that to say, to hopefully give some context around this concept that it is so important to grieve her, to, to just love her and say, thank you for, you know, giving me that beautiful time. And yeah. And I'm really sad that it's gone and it's okay that to be sad, like, oh, I remember, you know, some of my mentors were like, just meditate for an hour. And I'm like, can I curse on this? Yes. Every episode has the E on it. So don't you worry. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you. Meditate for an hour. I have three kids under the age of three. Who has an hour? I don't even get to shit by myself. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Meditate for an hour. And so I, um, yeah. So anyways, I just like, I really had to be cognizant of how I create this space. I don't even remember where I was going with that, but um, all of that to say, you know, it, it's so important to sit with and be with our emotions around letting any bits of us go. Because in that, you know, Tori, my, my podcast partner and, and bestie of all time, we always say grief and joy can live in the same space. They can occupy the same space. Mm-hmm. Like it is okay. It's the great dichotomy and duality of life that grief and joy can live in the same space. Yeah. And we only grieve because we loved. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that is important to recognize. Yes, we're grieving because we loved. We loved that version. We had that amazing time. So how do you open space or hold space for a newer version of you? Like, whilst I, I think that where I'm coming from is like, what would you say to the mom who feels guilty for having these feelings or wanting to feel... Uh, or wanting to step into a version of herself that's just her identity also, you know, be a mom, but also hold space for that. Yeah. I think it's one giving yourself the grace. So, so grief to me just shows up in like the weirdest moments, (laughs) 
you know, it just like, it just shows up in the weirdest moments. So like not judging yourself for when it does show up. And maybe that shows up when you're super freaking exhausted and you've been watching your kids all day and your partner wants something for you. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I can never pour into me. And then the sadness and the grief shows up. Yeah. And so giving yourself grace in that moment. It can also show up in the like really great moments where it's like, wow, my life is so amazing. Like, and I really just miss being able to go out on Friday nights with my girlfriends or I miss yeah. being able to do that, you know? So it's it's cultivating a practice of grace because this shows up in so many different ways. It shows up in how we move through our body post baby. It shows up in how we age, like in all of these, these spaces where we have different versions of us constantly showing up. Um, we have to practice this idea of just like having grace and allowing whatever is meant to come to the surface to come to the surface. So that's the first thing that I would say is just like cultivating a real practice of understanding and not judge and non-judgment of just like, cool, it's going to show up. I know that the emotions are going to come and I don't need to label where they're from. I don't need to label what it is. All I need to do is honor the feelings that come because energy or emotion is just energy in motion. It is just looking for a safe space to process. So process, process, process. My boys are always like, mom, you're crying again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I got feels. I don't know what to tell you. I'm a cancer. Like uh, it's just all of the things. So that would be my, my first thing is like, okay, we know that the emotions are going to come. We got to honor them. And then it's like, okay, how do I create an identity? Like what were the pieces of me that, I really loved and that I look back in fondness with and really like, this is where it can get a little tricky, but for me, you know, it's a feeling like, how was I feeling? So for a lot of us, it was, it's freedom, right? There's a sense of freedom that you lose that you think you lose when becoming a mom. Yeah. So, or I think like when you're in the thick of it too, it feels like you are just trapped and you're bogged down and it is it's like that allure of that sort of freedom you once had to like go in to Starbucks without having to do the drive through you know because you have kids or all the all the different things so yes I like oh my gosh I remember some super key moments where I was like oh my gosh there's freedom here like when I stopped washing bottles like when all the boys were done with bottles and I yeah. wasn't washing them all the time I'm like I think I just got like a half an hour of my day back freedom, like a little window of freedom, or I didn't have to use a stroller anymore or a diaper bag anymore. Or, you know, my youngest is seven now. So we're like through the baby phase. We're in the awesome, fun kid phase and all of them, you know, they're seven, eight and 10. So we're in like such a different phase and there's a lot of freedom here. But, but what I practiced in those times because I am a firm believer in law of attraction. And if we're talking about the vibration, like we want to access the vibration, well, the vibration is just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Vibration, like at its core is just a feeling. It's an emotion. That's mm-hmm. it. So you want to get on the same vibrational wavelength. You want to get on the same emotion that you were feeling previously. So how do you create freedom right now? So you have to ask yourself that, like, how can I feel free now? You cannot go back to where it was. 
You just can't. You have children, you have different responsibilities. It's not going to happen. So if what you're trying to access is a feeling and that vibration, then you need to just ask yourself, well, what can I do right now to feel free? Mm -hmm. That's like a solo drive to the grocery store. (laughs) I mean, quite quite literally. I mean, like, I feel like I could just be going out on a Friday, just popping off, like wearing my best pair of jeans, just going to Trader Joe's alone, you know? So I I see what you mean by like accessing that feeling. Yeah. And it, I mean, and it's, it's, it, it is like, yeah, it's like the external things for sure. I mean, I remember I would like very slowly, like get everyone in the car seats and then very slowly walk to my side of the car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, everyone's locked and loaded and the doors are shut and no one's yes. talking to me. Yes. Like, okay, what else could I do? You know, it's like, yeah, yeah you squeeze in all those little moments of freedom, but it's more of like a, what can I do to feel free right now? Is like, what can I do? Like, how can I communicate differently to my children? How can I be more present? What is pulling me away and mm-hmm. distracting me from the being fully present in my life right now? Is mm-hmm. it I, when I'm, you know, uh, like I was actively building multiple businesses on social media when my kids were very young. And, uh, and so I was on there a lot, posting, talking, DM, you know, like trying yeah. to, you know, create uh, you know, what, what was in my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to create financial freedom by, by building my business. Yeah. Um, and so, but what, what was happening is that I was finding myself at the end of the day, like, Oh, I spent too much time on social media. And then I like, wasn't present with my kids. And now I'm not, you know, now I'm anxious because I was tired, you know? So it's like, yeah, there's, there's a more nuanced approach to it. And it's, it's really about taking inventory about what are the things that are happening in my day that take me away from that feeling of freedom. Now, insert your emotion somewhere. My core desired feelings are grateful, free, connected to my source, Mm -hmm. right? So like, I want to be feeling those at all times. So anytime I feel off kilter, Mm -hmm. I ask myself, okay, what am I doing right now that is causing me to be ungrateful or to feel not free or to feel disconnected what do I need to remove in my life? What conversations do I need to have? What, you know, it, it, it starts super meta, but it goes very granular to, to some of the deeper stuff of like, okay, what habits am I, you know, holding on to that do not cause me to feel free? What commitments have I said, have I made to myself that are not serving me? Like, or expectations of waking up at 5 a.m. to work out before the kids work out or before the kids wake up. But I keep snoozing on that. And it's like, we, we have to hustle and have discipline and all this stuff. It's like, no, you really have to just give yourself permission to want what you really want. Yeah. And in order to do that, you got to know what you really want. In order to do that, you got to know yourself. So when we talk about this new identity, you really have to just get clear on what is most important to you. And I think the biggest thing is going back to those core desired feelings. If it's freedom, then how do you need to set up your day, your hour, your minutes so that you feel free even when you have responsibilities? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like- Cause you can feel free and still change a diaper. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, Do you think that there's some sort of like self-care practices or mindset practices that you sort of use to realign? Like, what do you do in that moment to realign? Is it literally just going, okay, I'm going to like, I, you know, cut these ties and think about how I want to feel in this moment. And then that just centers you back. Or is there something tangible? Well, okay. So, I mean, most of our conversation has been centered around feelings. So when I, when I start to feel a disconnect, when I feel, start to feel angry or agitated or anxious or frustrated, that is typically the first manifestation of something being off. Yeah. So I'll ask myself, I, I know myself well enough now, like, okay, is this grief? Is this sad? Is this something that I need to process? Mm-hmm. It's it's really just having the awareness. It's becoming mindful of. Yeah. Do I listen to certain things? Do I uh, do certain things? Do I have a routine around making sure that I'm recalibrated consistently? Absolutely. Abraham Hicks is my jam. Listen to it before I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning. And yeah, you know that like law of attraction. I, I firmly believe. If you cannot tell by my conversation here, that that is like. <laughs> the core of, uh, you know, a lot of the peace I've experienced over my life. But, um, but yeah, I just think it's really, it really comes back to having an awareness around what you are experiencing in the moment and then deciding from there, what do I need? Like, what do I need right now? Do I need a piece of chocolate? Do I need something to drink? Am I tired, hungry, or anxious? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that those are good tips. I think those are good things to do is to come back to that. Cause I listen to a lot of like Joe Dispenza and, you know, like being able to, you know, change your thoughts, you know, become, you know, your emotion and all of those different things. And I think that, you know, sometimes when you're in the thick of it and you, like you said, when we were in DMs, sort of releasing that girl that you once were before and opening space or holding space for this new woman that you get to become who's sort of multifaceted. Like you are a mom, but you don't have to just be a mom. There there can be so many parts of you. And I think that when you're home with babies or raising kids, it's easy to go, I'll get to that part of her. I'll get to that part of her. You know, is there, are there some things that you've experienced throughout your motherhood or something along the lines of that, where it's like, okay, here's some desires that I'm having or, or wanting to experience. How do I hold space for both at the same time? Yeah. I mean, I think it, listen, I know a lot of women who are perfectly just so happy just doing the mom thing and that is their jam. And, um, you know, for me, it is my jam and I've just always been, I mean, I've been working since I was 13. Like it's important for me to have, you know, something that I can pour my heart and mind into that is outside of my children. It helps me be a better mom. It gives me the contrast, but so, so it's like, there's, I don't believe that there is like a one size fits all. I think it goes back to to like, what are you, if you're, if you're feeling some sort of discontent Mm -hmm. or if you're feeling like something is missing, 
mm-hmm. or you're feeling like, okay, I know that I, I won't be able to have a- a- access her back. And I'm looking at my life and everything that's here and my kids and everything else. And it still feels like I, I need something to pour pour into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just really go back to, I started with my basic needs. Am I eating well? Am I moving my body? <laughs> yeah. Am I, you know, so like, that's where I started. And then I'm like, am I intellectually stimulated? And yeah. what do I need in order to do that? Sometimes that just means being like diving into a really great book series. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know? no, a hundred percent. Cause I think that that is so true. Like it's almost like a self-care practice in that sense where it's like, okay, pick a book or like get into a book or get into a podcast or pick like a workout class that you're going to commit to twice a week where you get childcare and you just go. And that fills that little void for you. That fills that part of your cup up. I think that a lot of times there's mom guilt with wanting to do something extra or have something extra going on. And I know like for me, like, like you, like I love being a mom. I, I never was maternal ever. Even when I met my husband, I go, I don't want kids. Like, it's not my jam. My sister has like five kids. Like I like them, but like, I don't think babies are cute. Like I literally am like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden we got married and I'm like, oh my God, I have to have a baby. Like, and I, and I love my kids and I love being home with them, but I have to have my own freaking thing going on. Or I just feel like for me, it dry, it makes me crazy. It doesn't make me feel to my fullest potential. Like I really thrive in throwing myself into like my business and, and helping other moms get healthy and, you know, all of that different stuff. So I think that, that it is interesting to, like you said, to sort of sit back and ask, okay, are my basic needs met? And then is there something else that I'm sort of craving or missing? And it could just be as simple as like, I need to get into a good book or find a podcast that's positive and like go for a walk and listen to it. Yeah. And like understand that it could change. Like I, I think sometimes because the old me was like, I did CrossFit for years and then I did this kind of thing forever. And now I'm just like, I like to try different flavors. I know I need to move my body. I know that's important to me, but I want to do Pilates or I want to do this or I want to read this book or whatever it is. So it's, it's also just like, I mean, as women, regardless of the hormones that we experience, (laughs) like post during pregnancy, post pregnancy, that like, it just heightens everything. Like we're four different people in a month. Yeah. Like we have four different chemical makeups in a month. So I always tell my husband, I go, <laughs> I am always keeping it interesting for you because you never know what version of me you're going to get. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And if you got Gemini in your chart somewhere, especially in your top three, it's like, they're screwed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, men experience the same thing, but it's, they, do, they go through all four cycles in a day, whereas we go through in a month let alone like different seasons, uh, like of the year, different months. I mean, there is so many layers, like we are so in tune with nature that it is, it is wild. So like knowing that again, giving grace and space and also like dependent on your personality. Some people are jackhammers and they, they're all like one thing. Other people like me are hummingbirds and I just like to pollinate and I'm all over the place and I'm constantly changing my mind. And 
I update my Instagram bio every five days and I change my profile. I'm like, I don't know. I just don't want to be that person anymore. And it's like, what I'm committed to is being a beautiful masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to be fluid. It's going to constantly be changing. There is no, there is no need to, and, and I do that knowing that everything I do and every choice I make is centered around how I want to feel, because I will tell you what, and this is why I'm writing the book that I'm writing is I did not give myself permission to want what I, when I was building my businesses online, like I, I, I was building a network marketing business. I was building a coaching business and I was just chasing these big numbers and this like need for achievement. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to achieve, right? It was coming from a place like I was doing everything I was doing outside of my, my family was I was doing it for love and Mm -hmm. for achievement and for validation And when I really got clear with who I am and what I want and recognize, like, I don't need a million dollar launch in order to feel successful, even though all my mentors, that's what's happening. And all of this is what's happening. I don't need to be five star million circle in order for, to feel successful. What I need is to make sure that I'm actually doing the work that I want to be doing. And that time I'm spending away from my family and away, it's actually fruitful and giving life, pouring life into me. And I'll tell you what, I had to have some really hard conversations with myself about that because that level of honesty is really challenging. It's like, well, why am I doing this? Am I doing it because I love it? Am I building these things because I love it? Or do I love the validation? Or because honestly, like if my core desired feeling was feeling spacious and free, an extra couple grand in my bank account would have made me feel that way way more than chasing a million dollar launch. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. A, a six, you know, a six figure launch or whatever it like choose your number. Yeah. And so when I started really get radically honest with myself, I was like, I don't even know what I want. And two, you know, going through these iterations of self where I went from being this high performance, like high performing woman, you know, mid-management at a $30 billion company, you know, really just making great money to then all of a sudden having three kids in three years, being a working mom in corporate America. Then all of a sudden being like, I can't do this. I'm going to go be an entrepreneur. So I'm an entrepreneur then with three kids. And then I'm launching businesses. Those are failing. And I'm just like navigating all these to all of a sudden being a single mom dating, like (laughs) all of these like different identities. And I'm like, who, how do I know? Who am I? So like when I really, (laughs) this excavation or like inquiry into myself, like really started when I started dating, because I was just like, I don't know what I want in a part. I know what I don't want in a partner. Yeah. I know that I don't want to do this again. Be like, I don't want to be in the situation I'm in, but I don't know what I really want. So like, how do I know what I really want? Well, I need to know who I am. Yeah. And so I got to know myself and who I was two years ago is not who I was five years ago is not was I three years ago. 
Yeah. So I think another good practice in terms of self-care and, and self-cultivation is, is actually starting a conversation with yourself, getting to know, getting to know yourself. Yeah. Getting to know what your inner wisdom sounds like versus the chatter that's in your mind saying, Mm -hmm. you're not good enough. You should feel guilty for this. This isn't supportive. You shouldn't be spending time away from your kiddos. So, you know, all of those things. So like when we talk about navigating the guilt and also like figuring out what it is that we want to do, I think it really comes back to that core element of like, you need to create a relationship with yourself. Yeah. I think that that's so spot on. Yeah. To like coming back home to you and tuning out that outside noise. And I've been really trying to practice that and be mindful of that so much the past year with having the baby and everything like that. And just where I'm going the direction with my business is just to get really clear and quiet and listen to that first internal, like instinctual voice that comes through. And I think that that is the one that's the, the directions to follow. Yeah. Yeah. And like, also you don't like, you're, you're going to mess it up. Yeah. (laughs) Like like, while you're learning this, like, you know, you're going to mess it up because then as you, as you start to get to know yourself and you start to get to know what your ego sounds like and your, 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 you know, your inner being, like all of these things, like you're going to mess it up, but that's just part of it. It's like our whole entire purpose in life, I believe is just to make each moment purposeful and to just be alive. And we only do that by feeling emotions. Yeah. Like that's it. <laughs> like, yes. you know, so I keep coming back to this idea of like, you just got to get clear on how you want to feel and then create the space to do that as best you can. Yeah. And, and would some... you, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, would you say that that's like a habit that you do daily that makes you feel most connected to yourself? Yeah. I write daily. Do you? Um, I do. Well- I, um, you know, I speak a lot on podcasts, on stage it, like all of that. And, and, share, and share where they can listen to your podcast because your guys' podcast is so good. Oh my gosh. Thanks. We have not, <laughs> I've been a guest on a lot of podcasts recently, but we have not been recording for over a year because my podcast partner just had a baby. first baby. Yeah. yeah. So, um, she's just in that, that mama era and we've created space for that and we will come back online, but yeah, it's called, this feels important, but it was, you know, Tori and I were both two high performing women and we both had our own successful podcast. My original one was called work hard, mom hard. And she, hers was an ex- excellent example of being a human and, we were on the side having all these conversations, you know, we're talking about business and like light, some life stuff, but a lot of business and just strategy and just like this, like intellectual conversations. But on the side, you know, our text threads were navigating miscarriages, divorce, breakups, like businesses collapsing, all of the stuff that we didn't feel like we could share publicly. And Mm -hmm. so when both of us went through a divorce at the same time, it was wild yeah. um, living in separate States and everything else. But uh, we both went through divorce. We were like, we don't want to do this the same thing. We, we just, it's not, it wasn't working for us. 
it was working. It was working great. Stats. Oh yeah. So good. It was working, but it wasn't working for that. Like, yeah. Does like, do I really want to be doing this? You know? So, um, so yeah, but I, to answer your question, yeah, I, I do have a practice of, of writing every day, even if it's just a couple words. Um, but I'll either sit at my computer. Sometimes I'm on my notebook. Um, you know, I have multiples sitting around my house and, I'll usually just wake up and have my coffee. And once I get ready to write, I'll just reflect. Like there's no rhyme or reason. Um, But I do also know that a lot of the people that I admire also have a practice of writing. Mm -hmm. And um, my my writing voice is different than my speaking voice. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? So I am really great with words. Like Mm -hmm. I have, I've had people tell me like, okay, don't speak so intellectually and and all of this stuff, you know? And I'm like, okay. I mean, my boyfriend has even said like, okay, you lost me. Like you, you speak in this language. I don't understand. I'm like, okay, I I understand. Um, and, uh, so I, I recognize like my speaking voice, I go in all these tangents and I, I speak this like, big, beautiful language because I edify a lot of the people that I really enjoy listening to. Yeah, for sure. When I write, it's quieter. It's more succinct. It's just not the same voice. It's a lot, it's a lot more, I'm a lot more curious versus like being able to riff on a topic, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I, it's interesting to me because I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I've got these two pieces of me. We're saying the same things. We're just saying them differently. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I, I do, I have a practice of writing that I just think is like really important and I'm, I'm attempting to write this book. So (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I literally have to write or my editor's like, where are you? (laughs) Uh, So are there any other habits that you have that you do that help you feel most connected to yourself besides writing or besides sort of like asking yourself those questions? Yeah. Um, I, I move my body consistently. Pilates is my jam. I, I move, I know what works for my body. I, I love to feel strong. Um, and so I, I move my body consistently. I connect to nature. I mean, if you go to my Instagram, I'm literally always, I mean, most of it is just like fishing or hiking or snowboarding or whatever. Like that's being outside. I have no earth in my chart, which is wild because Mm -hmm. I am just like such an earth being. Yeah. Um, but I very much, uh, you know, want like need to be outside in some way, shape or form. Um, so I have practice of like just going outside. Like today I went to get the mail and I was like, I'm not wearing shoes. I need to feel the ground. And I just stopped and like put my feet in the grass and things like that. Yeah. Um, I used to, um, funny enough, I used to find myself going down in, into anxiety spirals. Like when I first started kind of building this practice, I would find my mind just like wandering. And in order to change it, I would just like, okay, I'm going down an anxiety. Like, have you ever seen those memes where it's like, I'm going down an anxiety spiral, need anything? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, I recognize my thoughts are all of a sudden, you know, jumping in front of each other and they're not serving me and they're going to take me to a a sad and dark place of like, I'm not good at this or I'm a failure or I'll never have what it is that I want or whatever else. Yeah. I used to put on Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. 
It was just like a yeah. trigger song for me. And I would just dance and I would shake it off. I yeah. would go outside at my house in Oregon and I would hug a tree. <laughs> <laughs> like literally I would just go and hug the tree and just be like, okay, I'm grateful for the tree. Yeah. Um, I listen a lot to the Tao Te Ching by um, that Wayne, Wayne Dyer. Um, it's called Change Your Thoughts to Change Your Life. And he yes. who has like the most amazing soothing, soothing voice, Yes, you know, talks through it. So yeah, I have all these tools, Abraham Hicks. Um, you know, I have all these things that I'm like, okay, I'm off and I need recalibration um, that I will, that I will go to. I've just like assembled all of the tools. Yeah. So like having your little toolbox. I think that that's so good because I think that when we are sort of trying to navigate or find that coming back home to ourselves and honoring those thoughts and those feelings and, and desires for maybe wanting to have something a little bit more, it is nice to have those tools or those habits or practices that we can sort of hone in on that will help us re or re-navigate or navigate where we're needing to go. Yeah. Those and, next and steps. Yes. And, and being mindful about how you feel afterwards. Cause as you were saying that I was like, yeah. And sometimes, you know, I'll call friends and I've realized too, that sometimes I call my friends because I want them to hold my pain with me when mm-hmm. the reality is like, I need to hold it myself. Mm-hmm. So I really, like when we talked earlier about processing grief, like I really am mindful about how I feel after conversations with certain people, because sometimes they mean well, but it's not helpful. And mm-hmm. I just end up, you know, even more anxious or more confused about the topic that I was talking about, if it's relationships or business or whatever it is. And so I'm also really mindful of like, okay, this tool is not serving me. Like it can be used as a tool, but it's not serving me. And I need to be able to discern that. Yeah. So what would one tip be if, the, if say, a mom who's listening to this is like just getting started in this and she's feeling these feels, but she wants to sort of figure out a way she can sort of honor this version of herself that, or, or holding this new space? What is one tool that you think is a good starting point or one habit that she can implement? Yeah. And I recognize I'm like, probably speaking in completely different languages at times. Um, no, you're good. I think, <laughs> no, you're good. I, I think um, a, the one tool, it's, it's not going to be as like simple as it might sound, but it's really just building that awareness of where is this feeling coming from? Like, cause typically we go to these tools when we're feeling the disconnect. Mm-hmm. It's not like, we're having a happy day and we remember, you know, it's usually yeah. like, yes, that went one emergency. I'm, I'm like crying in a puddle on the floor. What I need some sort of reprieve. Yeah. That's typically when we're like, where's Oh, for sure. For sure. You know? So, uh, so I, I, the, the goal is to, and Joe, uh, Dr. Joe teaches this as well is to like get ahead of it and create some habits that like, teach you how to know when those things are going to happen, um, mm-hmm. what triggers them. So to me, it's really about creating an awareness and what that could look like is starting to journal and, mm-hmm. you know, starting like grab a piece of paper and grab a pen and just start writing. What do I want my day to look like? How do I want to feel today? Mm-hmm. What can I do in order to feel that? 
What's mm. one thing I'm going to do in order to feel that? So if it's free, yes. you know, that's I, so good. I, today I'm going to, um, choose to during nap time, not do laundry and not do all of the things that I can't do. You know, it's like, I'm going to actually go outside and sit in the grass and look at the sky. Yeah. It doesn't have to be revolutionary. Yeah. For, oh, 100%. I think just identifying what are those, like, how do you want to feel? And then just consciously creating that. And I'll tell you, everything that you want wants you. So if you have the desire to create this new identity, like all of the information will come to support you. It's just a matter of you deciding to take a small amount of action, mm-hmm. which looks like creating some intention and awareness. Yeah. So oh, it sounds perfect. more ethereal, no, than, that was, but it really no. is just like one thing. Okay. What's one thing I could do to create more freedom today, even knowing I still have to do the laundry. I still got to pay the kids. Like I'm not yeah. going to be able to just like check out and go do whatever I want to do. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but bringing your awareness to how can I make that happen in the life that I'm currently leading. Right. To give me right. that same feeling that I once had prior to having kids. How can I bring that here? Yeah. I think that's so good. Yeah. That was spot on. Love it. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm like, okay, I re- I realize I talk in tangents and No, I love it. it. I love it so much. Thank you so much, Carrie. My pleasure. Thank you on. so much for having me and creating this, you know, space and and, and you know, I, I think it's a really brave thing to use our voices to help show and reflect. Everything is just a mirror. And, you Mm. know, the words Mm -hmm. that people hear in these conversations are just a reflection of what's happening inside of them. So, you know, it's like for some of you listening, you might be like, that just flew right over my head. I don't even know what she said. And others like some of it may have landed. And I would just say, like, take what you need and leave the rest. Yes. And I just honor you for creating a space where we can jam about things that feel important to us. And you know, be able to use our voices where we can nourish each other and nourish ourselves. And, yes, totally. Um, you know, the halo effect of, of nourishing, you know, the people who get to put this into their ears and heart and soul and mind and <laughs> everything else. So, well, thank you so, so much.